Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipshire and I'm here with my main man, Tanner Santucci. Tanner, how are you doing, sir? Good, good. Let's get it going. Let's go. Let's go. And guys, I don't know if you're watching or not, um, but if you're listening, I'm going to uh, do a, a proper introduction here for this uh, young lady. Guys, today we have a, a phenomenal guest in the house. So, Mia Smith is someone who uh, I, I was introduced to uh, via Astro, you know, the community that we talk about all the time. And from the moment I, I saw Mia and she was in the Florida market, I'm like, this is someone I've got to pay attention to. Um, not, not as a threat, but as she's moving and shaking and getting it done and crushing it. And so uh, one of the first people that came to mind when we started this podcast was me. I had her on my list of, of people that I wanted to have. I wanted to have you as one of our first 10, but you didn't make it. You didn't make it, but we we're here now. So, so honored. Mia, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Great yeah. to uh, wrap up the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Today is a, a Friday for us as of this recording. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to wrapping up this day as well. <laughs> um, Mia, you know, but you know, before we, we dive into all the good old mindset stuff, um, tell us a little bit about you and, and about your journey previous to uh, real estate. Oh, well, before real estate, I was a personal trainer in Los Angeles. And uh, the pandemic hit, and so we had to go online. And my then girlfriend, now wife, we wanted, we've always wanted to move to Florida. I went to school here, University of Miami, whoop, right here. Whoop, the U, the U. Uh, yeah. And so I always knew I would kind of come back. And at that time, too, interest rates had drastically dropped, and they're like, if you're going to buy a house, now would be the time. So we uh, packed up, moved into my mom's place, us and three animals, and started house hunting in Florida, in, you know, South Florida. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was us that brought us here and introduced us to real estate. But before real estate, it was all health and fitness, all health and fitness. And before that, it was all TV and film. I worked in the, the um, television, the film and television. Industry. So what did you do in television? I was a, a PA, uh, stage manager. Uh, second, second AD. I think those were really all my titles. I think I may have been a second AD on one project, but mostly second, second PA stage manager. Very cool. Was that, doing that sort of stuff, was, was that the reason why you moved to LA? Yes. Yeah, that was the reason why. And so, so you graduate college from, from the U Yep. And you pack up your stuff and you move to LA for these, these dreams of, were you wanting to get into showbiz or cause you said you're a personal trainer there. Well, that came after that came okay. after. So yeah, I was doing, um, I was doing what I wanted to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're, you're in the showbiz and, and, you know, obviously you are, you found massive success in real estate and we'll, we'll get to there in a second, but what happened on the showbiz piece with, you know, walk us through that because I know a lot of people maybe get hung up on things that they thought they were going to do or things that they thought they were going to commit to. And it, and it kind of brings them sadness when, when that doesn't work out. So how did, how did that work for you? Well, it was working just fine. And I was actually on the brink of going to my next level and like joining the DGA. I just, 
uh, received, I got accepted to the next phase of this uh, DGA trainee program. But what was the, at the same time too, I had really like fallen in love with fitness and health and I was feeling this calling to go that way. And what really was the deciding factor was just quality of life um, for me. For me, I could not, I loved working on multifamily shows. The schedules were a lot easier to handle. However, there are few and there there are few of them, and most of TV is single camera. And single camera days are very very long. You're doing twelve to sixteen hour days, and I just didn't want to do that long term. I I couldn't see that as my future, um, so that was why I walked away from it. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved personal training. Anytime I've ever made a, a different move, it wasn't because I there was no sadness. It wasn't because I fell out of love, just that it was time to do something else. Perfect. Yeah, beautiful. So, okay, so uh, you guys realized that, hey, maybe, you know, Florida was home. We, we missed being home and you moved back. Um, how did uh, real estate come into the picture? Well, through my realtor who helped us find our house. We had to go through a few and we found this one who is still in my life today, still a good friend, mentor, love her to death. Her name is Kimberly Smith. I call her out anytime I'm ever on a podcast. I always call her out. She likes to be private, but I'm like, <laughs> shout out Kim Smith, the Kimberly. Yeah. Her name is. If you want to reach out to her, she's a beast. I don't know if she'll accept because she likes to be private, but her name is Kim <laughs> Smith. Um, she's great. And when she was helping us choose our house, the way she was talking, appreciation needs to be east of 95. You're looking for this. This when you leave here, mm. it's stone duplex. You can like build on top, turn into a duplex. You can go as high as I think, I think we're zoned for like three stories. You can do more. And so she's like talking to us and I'm like, whoa, what are you saying? And, and, and I would ask questions, everything she would say, I would ask questions and she would um, explain everything in detail and show me and demonstrate. And it, and then she would talk about her projects and show me her Airbnbs. And at the time her hotel, which is, that she oh, was wow. working on, which is now like psh, chump change. Cause she just bought like half an Island. Like she's just, um Kimberly's a G. She's a G. She's a G. She's a G. And in that, like the seed was already planted. My wife used to watch Million Dollar Listing and she'd be like, You would be such a good that's not how she talks. That's a bad impression. <laughs> I would be a really great um realtor. She just always saw me in real estate. So she planted the seed, but Kim, like she was the sun in the water to 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 that seed. Wow, phenomenal. Okay, well, well, go go a little deeper. I want I want to know how you got into this from Kim because Kim's not an astro. I take it. No, 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 no. She's she's just uh, not Jess, but she is a, um, an an investor. She doesn't wholesale, or I don't think she does. But she doesn't she doesn't wholesale. Does she buy deals from you at least? You know what? No. There was one good one that I knew would have been a good fit for her. And she turned it down. And when we saw the resale value after to the, the buyer I did sell it to, she was like, man, I should have taken that. I should have taken it. That's yeah. funny. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. Most times when I get stuff like they're, they're okay. You know what I mean? They're okay deals, but anything that's really good, you're, you are going to take it down yourself or you're going to save it for that person that you like love, you know? Right. 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 And there was only one, there was only one like that, that I wanted for her and uh, she missed it. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did you get into wholesaling? And if she's not the one that did, I'm assuming it sounds like she's not the one that introduced you. So yeah. obviously she's the one that kind of brought forth 
your passion for real estate and kind of your, your wife and then also Kimberly, but how did you find out about wholesaling and how did you get into that? I was following, sorry, my TV just turned on by itself before it starts. I was somewhere on Instagram. I think his name was Jay. I think his name is Jay Morrison. I hope I'm not butchering that. Um, but he spoke a lot about buying or investing with no money. And that was when I learned the term wholesaling. And I started looking into it very, very casually. I had already made a decision I was going to be a real estate agent. So I, I you know, studied for the course. But while I'm studying for the course, I'm looking more into wholesaling, looking more into investing, learning about fixing and flipping. And so all these things started like really going, 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 going as I'm taking my real estate course. So I actually put off taking the test because I'm like, I'm going to explore this. I don't want to be an agent anymore. And I found Lily Thompson. I did her five day boot camp, got my first contract and could not sell it. And that was when I realized that I needed just a little bit more help. Like she taught me how to use the MLS, how to talk to agents. But there was just that missing community piece that, you know, that was filled in through Astro and some of those other steps on like the dispositions side, you know. Um, and I found Jamil. I listened to one podcast of Wholesale Hotline and I just loved the way he spoke. I didn't see him, but I just loved his um, personality. Sure. And his name, Jamil Damji, kind of was like, what kind of name is that? Like, where's this person from? And then I looked him up. And I was just like, oh, POC, let's go. I'm <laughs> all day. Like I it, it was just like that's a big, that's a big, big thing for me, seeing people of color uh sure. succeed and do well because I feel like I can if I if I see someone similar to me, you know? And um so I joined Astro Flipping and took it from there and then later took my test and got my license. Yeah, by the way, Lily's a beast. And I know she's in Tulsa and I'm in Tulsa actually. So really? Yeah. yeah. Lily's a beast. Yeah, that five day boot camp, like she really broke it down like step by step, how to use the M the MLS. It was really straightforward. Um I I as like everyone's different, but I needed more. Um I needed a like like community, like a big where you can like, you know, look to your left, look to your right, <laughs> somebody there, you know? Um, Absolutely. I got my I got my start with that that boot camp and um and getting a contract in hand after only a five day program I was like I know I can do this <laughs> yeah I'm gonna crush this how uh w when was this when you joined Astro August oh August of uh, 2021 sorry you're probably like August like just yesterday yeah mm. August of 2021. <laughs> man okay so August of 2021 you joined Astro um. Yes. For for any of the listeners or viewers um, who aren't familiar, uh, Astro Flipping is the community that, that we're talking about, which is ran by Jamil Damji, um, one of the OGs uh, in this wholesaling business currently. Um, and so, anyways, we, you know, there, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that later. But okay, so you are you're in Astro now. Um, you you already have a little bit of taste for wholesaling. Um, you got a contract. You you didn't sell it. Did you have to cancel that one? I did. Yes. Okay. Um, and now you're in Astro. So what was your next deal like? How, how long were you in Astro until you, you got another one? Walk, kind of walk us through that. Three months. 
And that was because I wasn't as focused. Like the beauty of Astro is that you get to learn all these strategies. Um, The downside sometimes if you're not someone that knows how to focus is that you're trying to utilize every single strategy at once. That was me. And then I brought that up to a group call and Jamil was like, uh, you need to focus, <laughs> get it together. And um, I did, but at the time I focused on wholesaler outreach, which mm. I quickly learned was not my best forte. And I went back to what I was introduced to through Lily, which was uh, MLS. And once I stuck with that, is when I got my next deal and sold it. My literally my next contract, and then um, sold that one to a buyer that I met going to a meetup, just as suggested nice. in the course. Get your butt out there and talk to people. Phenomenal. I love that. Yeah, and I still keep and that guy. I still keep in touch with him. He's a very conservative buyer, so I haven't been able to sell him anything uh, since. But um, but he checks in with me often. I have plenty of those conservative yeah. <laughs> buyers, but they're nice. So they, they follow up. So like, oh, oh, yeah. They, they stay in touch. And, oh, but yeah. they're so when you get something where the numbers work, you know they're buying it. And yep. that's and it's easy and it's done. Yep. 100%. So when you got started, yeah, it sounds like you you chose the path of um, you know agent outreach and on, on and off market versus going direct to seller. Um, What's what? What are some of the things that you recognize that you really didn't jive well with when it came to direct to seller? And this isn't a promotion, by the way, for going to to agent outreach. There's people that kill it, you know, going direct to seller. But for you, what didn't you what didn't you like about the direct to seller model? I I barely tried direct to seller. I was mostly working with other wholesalers. Um, I see. I. I mean, when I say I barely tried it, I, I don't think I lasted more than two weeks. So what I did not like about direct to seller is I was cold calling and I didn't like the, um, you know, the fuck off, don't call here. Yeah. I don't I don't have the stomach for it. There are many people that take zero offense to it. And they're like, OK, sure. click more on the next. And they just like treat it like a numbers game. And they're like churning out those calls. So they get that person that say that says yes. I am super emotional. And so that does not work for me. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. You know, I, I, I had a background of, of, uh, sales and calls, so I didn't mind it. And, and going through, you know, that, that phase was to me, it was a necessary part of my particular journey, but man, when I was able to call, um, on market properties, even off market properties, when I was able to talk to an agent and, just talk to someone in a professional manner about a property that was already for sale or, you know, going to be for sale. Yeah. It just, it lessened a lot of that anxiety and angst yeah. And, and yeah, so I, I can relate. So why, what, uh, so why don't, what about working with other wholesalers or the wholesaler outreach that you just, you didn't find that worked for you? Was there something specific? Um, I do a lot of it now, believe right. it or not. But when I started, it was too, um, it was too difficult for me because I didn't have control over the contract. So while I'm yeah. also trying to like find a buyer, so are they. And then you get someone and then it's sold or yeah. they don't actually have the contract. And now you're, or you're waiting for information because there's three other people between you and the contract. And so as a beginner, it was very discouraging because you like, you get excited, like, Oh, okay. I think I got, Nope. All right. Well, that's done. That's sold. So it was tough for me in the beginning. Now, 
is a lot easier. One, because I'm less emotional about it because I've already done it several times. And um, and really, that's really it. So I'm, I'm less emotional. You know, if I get a hit from a buyer, great. And if it's still available, awesome. If not, I'm like, okay, well, it's so there's less, there's less emotion attached. So let me ask you this then. Whenever now, obviously not when you started, but now when, when wholesalers send you deals or you're doing wholesaler outreach, um, how are you being specific in terms of what you're asking them to send you now? Or are you still analyzing and comping all the deals that are getting sent to you? Like, hey, I have buyers, just send me anything and everything. Or are you kind of, you know, weaving them through and saying, hey, if you have anything that fits this criteria, that's what I'm looking for. So I can send it to my buyer. Um, and not all the time. No, uh, sometimes I say send send me whatever. And I do I do do a quick comp, not like a deep dive. But my biggest question is, are you direct? And if not, how many people are in front of you? And, and not only that, if you're not direct, is this someone that you know and trust? Because mm-hmm. I move deals from someone, people that I know and trust, but I like, those are my, my boys. Like I know them, you know what I mean? Like we're in it, in the trenches together trying to move that contract. But there's a difference between, oh, someone sent me something and this is from my friend. So I try to kind of gauge what those relationships are. Yeah, and that's the big. Prioritize the ones that are direct or they have a good relationship. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is, is cause I'm the same way now. It's like, are you direct? If you're not direct, do you know who is direct? And if so, let's hop on a three-way because I want to talk to the person that's direct. And it's not that I want to cut you out of the deal. Like I said, you can be on a three-way call, but I just want answers getting quickly. I don't want to deal with any BS. So like yeah. now our company policies, if you send us a deal and we look it over really quickly and we, you know, we vet it and see that it's a deal, we ask for the contract. Like we oh, won't yes. Even, I'll, I'll often do that too. Yes. Yeah. We won't even market a deal unless we get a contract from them. So, cause yeah, again, whether it's them or they know someone who is direct, but we want to see some form that this thing is actually under contract. So what's yes. a big, what's a big thing for you now? Are you prioritizing that's like the dispo end or are you doing a lot of agent outreach still? I'm heavy on acquisitions. Um, it's really fun for me. Yeah. I'm heavy on acquisitions. I have set buyers whose criteria I know really well. And anything outside of that, I'm so well plugged into the South Florida community that I have my JV partners set up and ready to go, um, especially here in like Central East, like so uh, Orlando, surrounding areas, Brevard County. So I have my buyers that I know. And if anything doesn't fit that, I have people that I don't know that I send it out to, um, like people that kind of like scrape their emails and like, Hey, take a look. But then I have my, my crew that I've just, you know, after you network enough, you, you build those relationships. So I haven't, I haven't personally focused too heavily on dispo, um, just because of the relationships that I've made. Sure. I, uh, I love all that. And I, if we could, I wanted to just switch gears a little bit and just uh, um, move, move from the, the tactical stuff and just go a little dive, you know, do a little dive into the mindset. This is, this is my favorite part of, of talking with guests. So I'm, I'm curious. I know. So you said you were a personal trainer. Yes. And for anyone who's not looking, you know, the video, Mia is shredded. She's in I'm great shape. I'm not shredded shape. anymore. I'm not shredded anymore. You look like you're in great shape. So you, I don't know what you're. I'm not shredded anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mia's in great shape. Let's, let's say that. Okay. Um, 
And and you said community was a big thing for you when joining Astro. Were, were you involved in sports coming up? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. and I asked that because I, what I'm, I'm finding kind of a commonality in people that um, do very well, um, you know, in, in spe- more specifically in real estate, people that have a quicker trajectory, if you will, you know, off the launch pad are people that have a sports background. It's people that have the work, you know, the work ethic, the discipline, the, the, you know, the the community involvement, how much of a role did, do you think that sports being in your life played in how you, how you handle life now in business? Oh, uh, a huge role. Oh my gosh. There's a book too that kind of talks about this. Oh, I cannot remember the name, but it's about being uncomfortable. So when you play sports and you're trying to reach your PR, whatever that looks like, right? Whether it's um, track and field or base, baseball, like whatever, when it, whenever you're trying to peak, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to train at a level um, that is not familiar, that's going to mm. challenge you. Yeah. Um, and not just the workout, but your diet, your sleep. Like these are things that I still protect to this day. Like I have to get a certain number uh, hours of sleep. I have to eat a certain way. And if I change how I eat, I feel it in my body. It's in, you know, so there's, there's something that comes with having to go outside the norm to be at a gathering and everyone is like eating all the cake and you're like, let me get this sliver so I don't <laughs> feel like I'm missing out but I can 100% still be okay. I can be around other people having a drink and say, no, I'm good, I'm gonna drink my water. You know, like, because you have a goal in mind, because you're working towards something. So there is, there's a level of discipline that comes with training um, at an elite level, like trying to push yourself to another level that uh, that crosses over to your professional life. I see. Yeah. What about overcoming failure? Do you think that that sports helped there as well? Or, or was that more so learned afterwards or? Uh, no, sports, sports helps with that too, because you're not going to win everything and, um, and you're able to analyze it. Like I remember uh, after every meet the very next week, that Monday, you know, there's my coach with the tape and we're going over it. Hey, let's look at this. Let's look at the handoff between the, the, relays. Hey, why did you slow down there? What was happening? Look at the way you were leaning into that curve, you know? So analyzing the losses and turning them into lessons becomes uh, a part of you, you know, like even Mm -hmm. to this day, I'm not training for anything in particular, but I track all my workouts and I'm, and I'm looking at it like, Oh man, my, my splits and my miles were a little bit slower. Okay. But that was because I didn't get as much sleep that night. I get it. And, and, and so I'm, um, I still analyze everything, even though I'm not training for anything in particular right now. Right, right. What would you say your superpower is? Being able to pivot and adapt. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, between changing careers, between moving from Chicago to Miami to LA, back down to Fort Lauderdale, uh, hitting with the pandemic, immediately going online, not skipping a beat and hopping into my car like I was on Postmates so fast, literally, like March, <laughs> I remember when it happened. They said gyms are closed. I shot a video recording telling all my clients, hey, let's wait, because that was when it was two weeks. Let's touch base in two weeks. And I like sent it out to everybody. 
Um, and then I downloaded the Postmates app and I was out in my car doing my first delivery. Like there was no skipping a beat. Uh, and then when I realized we were going to be on this lockdown longer, it was like, okay, here's the new platform. Here's how we're going to train. Here's the schedule. Let's go. Like, so being able to pivot, pivot and adapt quickly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Th that That's huge. And honestly, I, I would, I think about the, it's funny because I ask that question a lot and I don't really ask it of myself that much. <laughs> and, you know, if, if I had to pick one, I, I would agree with you. you know, I, was, I grew up a military brat and change was inevitable. You know, I, I never lived in the same house longer than two years my whole life. And so I was, I was always changing and you know, we changed schools, we changed friends, just change was inevitable. Um, but you know, it changes almost a double-edged sword. And I'm curious to get your insight on this because for me, I changed so much. I didn't build the habit of consistency. Were you ever challenged with that coming up? And, and, and if so, how did you overcome that? I'm a very goal-oriented person. And in order to reach goals, you have to be consistent. So it was something that was kind of built into myself. I don't know if it was necessarily taught. I feel like it must have, like my mom was a school teacher. So I know she had us on routine and, and, and schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but it feels like it's always been a part of me. Like that's how much I cannot pinpoint it. And I've always been very driven. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I do. Like ask anyone that knows me, they would say, if Mia says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. Awesome. And it just happens. <laughs> has, there been, has there been anything that's happened to you in your real estate career so far that's that's changed you you know you were this at first and now that you've gotten into this business you're learning these things you are now you know you know more so on this side like for me what you know the big thing it's almost like this podcast is is a discovery for me to overcome overthinking overthinking is a big it was a big thing for me you know coming up and real estate's really helping me kind of get out of that mode. Is there anything that, that wholesaling or real estate in particular is helping you, um, you know, be better at? Yes. Being less attached to the outcome. Ooh. It's important. Yeah. Remember really I said I'm an emotional person. So being attached yeah. to an outcome in real estate can really drive me insane. And it has, and it still does if I don't catch it quick enough. Um, what do you do to, when, when you do catch it? How do you get yourself out of that? I go play with my dogs. There you go. I get outside, bring the puppy and play with him. And if the older one wants to play too, play with him. <laughs> um, but I, I put computer and phone away and I, I go play. That's awesome. So you, you get rid of the sources that are bringing you that, you know, that frustration or that overwhelm, that anxiety. And then you focus on doing something that puts you in the present. Yes. You know, in the present tense. I see. That's beautiful. Um, what What are you reading? What, well, I want to climb in your brain a little bit more. What are some some of your favorite books? If you're not reading anything currently, what's what's been one of the more impactful reads you've had? Okay, impactful reads. That's definitely tough because there's so many. But what I'm reading yeah. right now is called Deep Work. I forget the author, but so it's Deep Work. Deep Work. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Who is that author? I'll, I'll think of it as you're talking, but please go ahead. I want to I hear what you're learning from Deep Work. Um, you know, it's reinforcing things that I, I already know, but it and, and also setting up even more boundaries. My wife can't stand it. We talk about it all the time. But it, so I've always time blocked, but I've never time blocked with such focus. And what I mean by that is 
now let's say if I'm spending time comping, that is all that I'm doing. So I put mm. my on personal or do not disturb so that no other calls come in and I just like knock those properties out. And then when I'm doing my calls to either submit offers or follow up on offers or whatever, or miss or respond to the missed calls that I have, then that is what's only taking place during that call. Meaning not only am I not, I, that means in those frames, like in those blocks that I set, I am not discussing anything else, anything else. I'm not, um, I'm not getting up to take a snack. I'm not uh, talking about a doctor's appointment. I'm, I'm not doing anything else. So this is what I'm working on right now. Um, what I mean by it's tough in the household is because we work from home and my time blocks don't often align up with Sasha's time block. So she right. may have questions, but I'm like, save those questions till I'm out of this block. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, one thing I love about time blocking is that it, it, it you know, it creates discipline for yourself and, and structure. Um, but I think one of the things that a lot of people could be challenged by, um, and I'd love to hear your insight on this when it comes to time blocking is the, the FOMO, you know, what if I get a call from my buyer, you know, it's speed the lead and time kills all deals. What if I get a call at like minute one of my time, my three hour block, you know, and I need to get back to them. How, how do you overcome that? You know what? Th that is tough. And that's one of the reasons why I think I'm reading deep work. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Cal Newport is the uh, author. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, he, he talks about that too. And there's been different studies done. I don't think we've gotten to the point where he's talking about anything in like the real estate industry. But he there was a study, uh, and I forget the company, but talking about, you know, people feeling like they need to respond to their emails right away. So they're constantly being distracted by the email because they feel like they have to respond to it. Um, and this guilty. Study, hmm? It's like guilty. All of us. All of us. That's the world that we live in. But this this particular study, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher it, so read the book. But what stood out to me, this is my takeaway, right? Without having the book in front of me to look at it. The takeaway was this study showed that one, the boss of this company was apprehensive to apply it to uh, her team. But when mm. she did and put in like boundaries for them, their productivity productivity actually improved and so did the client relations. Like they thought mm. that if they didn't respond to a client right away, that they would lose and damage that relationship. But what ended up turning out was that the client respected them because they saw them as more human. For sure. And, and they were able to cover more ground when they did have a designated time as opposed to these little pieces of an email here and there. That's beautiful. I love yes. that. And, and you also set up a realistic expectation. You know, if you're getting back to people all the time and then you, you put that three hour gap and you don't get back, they're freaking out like, oh, my God, what happened? They respond all the time very quickly and whatnot. So when you when you set that expectation in the beginning, you know, it, it helps alleviate that stress. So I, I love that. I agree. That's phenomenal. I mean, at the same time, though, right? Time is of the essence in real estate. So I'm not going to lie. It is possible for a deal to maybe fall through the cracks if you miss it. But if you keep your time blocks short, there's not that much you can miss in an hour and a half. You know, I'm not saying block off six hours. Mm. Well, it's that's where the abundance mindset comes in. I mean, if you have an abundance mindset, you're not going to be worried about maybe that one opportunity or whatever that falls through the cracks in three hours. And it it's a common theme that we not only we see on the podcast, but you 
with being an Astro and being around, you know, newer wholesalers or just wholesalers in general is, especially entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs don't want to miss opportunity. Yes. They're, they're scared of that one. They're scared to miss literally any opportunity, but that's what drives entrepreneurs. That's why, you know, you, the only way to be successful is because you're taking so many risks, because you're saying, so you're telling so many people, yes. Right. And so, but the time blocking is something I need to work on. And that's definitely a book I'm going to have to give a read because uh, that it's with the studies and everything. That's, I like when you can put something in front of you, not just someone telling you, uh, yeah, time block stuff. That's it. But rather than if, oh, there's a study done, what were those results? And so um, that's definitely a book I'm going to, I'm going to have to give a read for sure. I think you would really, you really like it. It's, it's, Again, like it's stuff you already know, but it's putting it in context and it's giving real life examples of different people that have structured their life, kind of um, taking blocks of time to get in deep work. And it goes into like the mind too, like why you can't like reach a certain point if you're being distracted by ding, ding, ding. Like, so it, it talks about that in a more scientific way than I can do in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, if you could go back a year from now, right? So you got started in August, took you, I think you said three months to do your first deal. So we're right around a year from now is when you, when you did your first deal. Yep, if you yep, could go back, November. say it again. It was beginning of November. It was beginning. Okay, of perfect. Yeah. So if you could go back and talk to that Mia Smith a year ago, what would you tell her? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, tell myself a year, you know, I don't often think backwards, so it's sure, difficult for I get me it. to think about that, but I would probably start planting the seeds sooner than later to have less uh, attachment and enjoy the journey more. Hmm. Less attachment to the outcome because that particular deal and all the ones after that, because I think right after that one, it was like a snowball effect. I would be on pins and needles on my couch, <laughs> shaking, like rocking my head, not knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> it was really, really an emotional roller coaster. Um, so I think the biggest thing I would say is just uh, one, celebrate each step and mm -hmm. release release the emotion like it's as long as you do what you're supposed to do whatever is supposed to happen is what is meant to be but just do the work and uh, and stay in the work without the emotion because that that was tough for me in the beginning do you think I, that whenever detaching the emotion from the outcome do you think there's such thing as being to it like unattached to where almost you lose you don't since you don't really think about the outcome you're more or less not putting in the effort as much as you would have if you were attached. Do you think there's a balance there? Yeah, because you focus on the work. So if the effort is, I need to make, like if you have your SOP set up and you're like, okay, I got the deal, the deal is assigned, my TC sends everything to the uh, title company, I then make my deal, I, take, I copy and paste the deal text that's already created, I then put that into my email or my text and then I send that off to the buyers. If, uh, based on the feedback I get in 24 hours, I then send to my JV partners. Based on that, I then go on Privy and find new buyers, right? So if you just have your work where you know what you're doing every time, then no, it, it shouldn't. At least I don't think. But you should just but have those steps lined up so you know what you're doing, which I didn't have then either. It was just like, 
uh, okay, let me go on Facebook, let me talk to this person. And so I was also all over the place and it wasn't very, um, uh, there wasn't a system. Well, now that there's a system, there's a step one, there's a step two, there's a step three. So I can, I can stay in the work. Hey, did I do this? Okay, check. Cool, wait for feedback. Got it. Where are we going next? In the beginning, you, you know, it was just you, obviously, you, you know, you and Sasha. Um, and now it sounds like you've got a team. I heard you say, you know, pass it off to my transition coordinator, my TC. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, tra transaction coordinator. I said transaction. transaction yeah, transaction coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your, your team growth. You know, uh, who, was, who was the first person you brought on? Um, <laughs> was it? All right. Sasha, I was, um, I just learned how to uh, comp and I taught Sash and I was like, all right, we're going to tackle all of Florida. So I need your help with this. I'm going to make a list. I'm going to make this list. So my, I'm going to like find the properties and then I need you to comp. And then based on what you find, I'm going to call the realtors. And so I like, I brought her in right away and nice. she was like, I don't want to be on the phone. I don't want to do that. But I love looking at, at, at at properties and finding deals. Like she loves that to this day, even if she's sick and exhausted, like I had to beg her to take a nap the other day and she didn't, but when she's <laughs> exhausted, she was still rather calm. Like she loves looking at, she loves look, looking, looking for deals. Wow. And so yeah, she was the very first one. Can I send her deals to calm? <laughs> <That's, laughs> someone just did. Like that. Before this podcast, someone just called me. It's like, Hey, I have something in central Florida. And I was like, all right, I'm about to hop on a podcast. Text it to me and I'm going to send it to Sash and we'll have the numbers ready. So when I get off, I can call you with the, uh, with what, what we pulled up. That's perfect. Now is, is Sasha the only person on your team now or, or do you have, no, more? we have, uh, we have a, another guy who is, uh, an assassin on the phone. That's why I'm not going to say his name because I don't need anyone don't to steal you. him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's an assassin on the phone, like great at rapport building. I thought I was great on the phone, but he, and I don't know if it's a guy. Sometimes I think it's like that guy confidence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's just great on the phone. Very bubbly, very personable. Um, he can relate to anyone. He can talk to anyone and he can adapt to any and all conversations. And he's great. So that's just, he, that's what he does. He texts and calls agents and sources um, properties for us. And then um, me or Sasha will comp it and decide, you know, decide what the offers are and take it from there. But he's agent outreach all day. Awesome. So you've got some people who are out acquiring deals for your organization. Mm -hmm. um, are you the head of Dispo for the group, or do you have some people on your team that help out with with finding buyers? Or so um, I do a lot of the finding buyers, and then I work very closely with a, a guy. His name is George. Uh, he's out here. He's a big big name in South Florida. So he's been doing this since 2011. Um, so pretty much like once there's a deal, I send it to George and then I send it to my buyers at the exact same time. Like George is okay. like my, my, my VIP because he's just, he's been doing this so long and he's, um, he's a, like, I call him the dispo king because he's out like literally out in the streets, like meeting five to 10 new people every day. I don't know how he does it. So, Shout out George. Yeah, George, George is insane. So that's what I'm saying. If, if you, if anyone ever has a deal in South Florida, that is between me and George, it's getting done. <laughs> that's what's up. 
man. Okay. Good to know. Um, what, so, so far in your real estate journey, you know, you, you've been at, well, let's do this. Okay. So your first deal was in November ish. Um, mm-hmm. do you mind telling us how much you made on that deal? Yeah, it was five. It was 5,000. 5,000. Okay. So mm-hmm. 5,000 November last year. Since then, what monetarily speaking, what's been your biggest month in terms of money? Thirty six thousand. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you're a year in and go from, let's say, five thousand a month. I don't know. You may have done more to, you know, to thirty six or averaging on the thirties, I would assume. Averaging in the thirties. Yeah. Like high thirties. That's phenomenal. Um, That 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 growth. Have you did you let's see, how how do I want to ask this? did you expect to make that kind of money or was it a shock or did you, were you, you know, were you always thinking, all right, I'm, you know, 20,000 a month. Okay, great. I hit that goal. Okay, great. Now 30,000 a month. Okay, great. Hit that goal. How, how did that happen? Like that, except 30 was always the number to hit. And so now I'm working toward 50. 50 is the number now. Huh? Yeah, 50 is the number now. That's what's up. And that gets okay. hit, but to do consistently. Anytime there's a goal, the goal is to hit it three months in a row. So if I hit it once, it doesn't count. And it only counts if I hit it three times in a row. I love that. Beautiful. <clears throat> and, and that year-long journey so far that you have, and you're you're just getting started and you're crushing it, obviously. Um, what's been the greatest lesson you've learned so far? Oh gosh, there's been mm, there's been a few. One, uh, a big one is you know fall in love with the journey like be very present be very present in what you're doing um take responsibility for everything um i mean i've, I've always known that but it's, it's different here and you know there's so many things that just come up i, I really can't pinpoint all I, I will say falling in love with the journey and right now how to manage a team. Like I'm still in that lesson, still learning that, figuring out like training, how to train, um, how to make training easier for myself, for the, for the team too. So we're in that navigation space right now, you know, figuring, figuring that out and how to be uh, very cohesive. What's your, uh, what's your advice on someone who's maybe having trouble falling in love with the journey? Maybe they're challenged right now with the journey and it doesn't, doesn't seem lovely. What's, what's your advice for them? If, if the journey doesn't seem lovely, it's, be, it's because they're focusing on something else. Like mm. when the journey didn't seem lovely to me, it was because I was so focused on getting a deal and not necessarily the process to get one. So okay. there, there needs to be some, some self-reflection to, to take place and figure out what's really, you know, keeping you down and, um, and how can you navigate through it or just put it aside completely? hundred percent for anyone who's not an Astro, a big shout out and a plug for the Astro community. Cause week one is a game changer. If anyone's in that headspace, um, I know we've got links, I'm sure galore, um, in the description for the podcast, YouTube and all that stuff, but look into Astro. You know, we're not here to pitch Astro. Obviously, it's changed all of our lives and still changing. Um, but week one is all mindset and it's a game changer. And it really it, it teaches you how to 
um, understand why you, it doesn't, it doesn't teach you to be different. It teaches you to understand why you are the way you are. And then you can move forward confidently now knowing that. Um, and, and on that same tip, it was actually Jamil that kind of got me on that. That's why I'm so big and saying like fall in love with the journey because it was him. I kept getting these deals that were really close and nothing panned out. And it was him that had me do some reflecting. We did it right there on the call in front of everybody. And we found that I was, as he would say, dating wholesaling while also telling wholesaling, I'm not going to marry you. I mm. only want to date you. I'm never going to marry you. That's essentially what was happening because my goal as an investor is to have 10, uh, 10 Airbnbs. And, um, and I was viewing wholesaling as a means to an end instead of a vehicle and a part of all of it. It's a part of the entire investing journey. Absolutely. So I was so focused on where I wanted to be and that I wasn't there, that I did not have money to start it and that I didn't even know how to start. And I was so upset about that, that I couldn't fall in love with what I was doing presently. And once that became clear, it changed everything. Phenomenal. Wow. I, I, I hope people, you know, hit the, the 15 second or 30 second button on the podcast and listen to what you just said kind of repeatedly and really let that sink in. Cause man, that's so true. And that's so good. Um, you know, gosh, falling in love with the journey is everything. I mean, it is everything. And, and if you're not in love with this, you need to ask yourself why, or is this the thing that, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, should be doing. Um, look, Mia, as I, I could talk to you for a long time, I could tell, um, um, but I, I, I want to respect your time. And so I'd, I'd like to, uh, just maybe ask a, a few questions, you know, before we, we cut, cut you loose, but I, I know I keep asking you these out of the box questions. Um, but I, I'm fascinated by your brain and, and I'd love to know what is your definition of success? Oh, that's super easy. Um, Good. well, hope, and hopefully I can say it in a very succinct way. So what I'm looking for in my success, and I feel like I have a lot of it right now, and that is um, peace, <laughs> peace at home, right? Like absolutely, uh, home life relationships, being at ease. A big thing for me as someone who used to be super, super broke, living on welfare um, is, is being able to just pay my bills. Anything overpaying my bills is like luxury, luxury to me anything over i didn't even care if it was five dollars over <laughs> I'm happy. my bills are paid i get to sit in my backyard enjoy my sunshine in florida i'm i am successful like i feel super successful um the extra money on top is also great um a lot of it has been used to do and maneuver different things but uh and pay for our wedding honeymoon <laughs> but, hey. So yeah, so the big the big thing for me is uh, being okay, like having all my needs met. I'm 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 good to go. Um, the yeah. next level of success I want to be in is where I don't think about money, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to have a lot of money to not think about money. I don't I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's me changing my mindset. Sure, but sure. I want to not think about it. I want Absolutely. to just be in the moment and let whatever flows flows but i'm also very analytical i'm a capricorn so i like budget and do all that stuff uh and i don't Absolutely. like it because it drives, 
gives me anxiety. So <laughs> when I can get to that point where I'm not thinking about it, that would be another level of success. But I'm good. I'm 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 married. I have my my animals. So that's all. Awesome. Whatever, yeah, whatever brings yeah. you peace. Like if you reach that point, that is successful. very successful. That's perfect. I love I love the fact that um, you know you want it to not you know make make enough money to to where money you know wasn't an option. I remember one of my f- very first goals when I really wanted to achieve wealth was I wanted to read the menu at the restaurant from left to right instead of from right to left. I was so used to you know looking at the price first, and I was like, man, to just be able to go to a restaurant, whatever restaurant, and not even worry about the price. Like I want yeah. that so bad. Yeah. And uh, that was a big driver for me. So thank you for sharing that. Last question. Last question. It's a tough one. Mia Smith, what is your message to the world? Ooh. In relation to just anything? Anything. Yeah. What, what do you want the world to know? If you could stand on a soapbox and gather the entire planet and say, guys, listen, here's my message for you. And they have to listen. What are you going to tell them? Love more love it that's i mean everything comes down to that the more you love yourself the more you love others the happier you are the more peace there is in the world the more that happiness and love spreads to other people and into other people and into other people um that that is everything that's literally everything love love more and love yourself love others Mike drop well we love yeah, you mia <laughs> hey, you're a rock we love star. you Yes. Oh, you guys are great. This has been so much fun. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for, for coming on. And, and we're so honored. I'm glad we finally got this done. Um, I can't wait to get it out to the universe. Uh, Mia, so we, we know you're working in, in South Florida. Um, I don't know if you want to give more specifics, but please let the people know how they can get in touch with you. How can they find you? How can they do deals with you? Okay, absolutely. So my email address is Mia at Smith Lee, L-E-E, holdings.com. So like I'm holding your hand with the S at the end. So Mia at Smith Lee holdings.com. If you email me, make sure you put a hey, saw you on wholesale elite. I'm connecting because if you just say deal or something, I may miss it. Um, you can also hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, facebook.com slash just Mia 23. Instagram or at just me at 23. They're exactly, exactly the same. Dope. Okay, cool. We're, we're gonna, definitely going to have links to all that stuff um, in the show notes and in the descriptions. Um, and until then, Mia, 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 you enjoy this weekend. Thank you so, so much for your time. We're yes, honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, you're Absolutely. awesome. You're awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, guys, we will see you on the next episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Mia, say bye. Bye-bye. What up, guys? Thank you for watching or listening to another episode. And look, here's the deal. If you got value out of today's episode, we kindly ask that you subscribe and like and get this bad boy going. And look, if you're in Florida, we're in Florida. That's our marketplace. And we want to help your deals get to the finish line. So if you got any deals that need help with Dispo, send us an email. We're at deals at unwindinvestments.com. You can also submit it via our property submission form online at unwindinvestments.com slash deals and guys we want you to be the next guest on our show so get out there and hustle and grind and let's get to work we'll see you in the next episode peace